Discover how to be a better boss in the virtual world, how to get the best out of your staff, and how to perform together as a team to build your online company. Hey everyone, welcome to the ins and outs of outsourcing, where we bring you enlightenment in offline and online outsourcing from around the globe. Whether you have a VA in the Philippines or employ a web designer in India, learn how to work together with your team to be a dynamic duo, whether you have a company of two or 200. Here's your host, Esther Anderson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the ins and outs of outsourcing. Today, we are going to discuss where and how do you start looking for staff. Selecting staff is a little bit like dating online. You will either have a great experience out of it all, tell everyone about it, or it will go pear-shaped. You'll keep it a secret, you'll be greatly disappointed, and be no better off than when you started. Firstly, you need to consider your expectations and what do you want out of this employment relationship. Now think about it, do you only want a part-time person able to pick up the odd bits of work or do you want a long-term relationship and that they ultimately will get to know your inner secrets and still want to work for you? I told you it's like dating, do you want a boyfriend or a husband? So when we're compiling the list, why don't we start with the why and the what? Because the most common reason for employing someone else, whether virtual or not, is to make your life easier and to do all the stuff that you really don't want to do. So what industry do you want them to be experienced in? Some countries are better than others for their expertise. For example, Baltic countries are very good for web developers, coders, app creators, and so on. And administration staff are well known to come from the Philippines. India is also good for web design. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to put one country above another. It's up to the individual and the person that they find and from where. I'm only going to talk about my experiences, where I source my team from, and our guests as we go on the show, they'll talk about all the different countries they've worked with people from. There is no good or bad country, no right or wrong person. So the first thing to note, whatever country you select, especially if it's not your own English-speaking country, English is not going to be their first language. And there is quite a few types of English that is spoken. There's UK English, the American English, Australian English, school English, and colloquial terms. So then you might look at your own country. A lot of people from England, Australia, and America perform admin services as well, but they will probably charge more than traditional outsource countries. But it is all in the value, not the cost. And there's a big difference. Language, of course, is the first thing to think about. Will it have an impact? Do you want your staff to speak to customers in your own country? How will that be received? Some countries may not like having a woman boss or reporting to someone much younger than themselves. This is where culture comes in. And it's not just the culture of the country you are choosing someone from. Think about the culture in your own country. Could that be offensive to others? For example, Aussies are known to swear a lot. And I must admit, I do throw a few words around, but could that be upsetting to someone? The one thing with speaking Australian, when I first start speaking to staff, it's one thing I've picked up in the beginning. They type a lot as I'm speaking. 
And with my VA, I used to ask, what was she writing, taking notes, being very diligent? She said no. She was Googling what I was saying because she couldn't quite follow the words. So you have to determine whether it'll be a one-off task or an ongoing project. Do you want someone who will learn the way you work and over time you both merge into a dynamic team or an ad hoc marriage? Why do you need them to make your life easier? So to start with, make a list of all the tasks you want them to undertake and then group them into categories. Start with what is the most important task they have to do, the one you absolutely cannot do, don't want to do. You may not have the skills to do it yourself. And then go down the list and at the end of it, it would be nice if they could do that as well. Some of the things you may not realise that you can outsource Obviously, the administration and email management, but updating your website, not only the maintenance, but writing a blog, designing you a logo. Maybe you want them to be specialised so they can be a project manager and actually manage other staff as well. What about social media? That's a big thing these days. How do you stay on top of all the different accounts? Not only posting your own, but sharing other people's content. What about media? editing videos and podcasts, maybe something like your bookkeeping or doing your accounts. There are so many different skill set that you could outsource. And it is surprising once you get into that swing, how many other things you can outsource as well, because you're not the best at everything, even for your own company. And sometimes it takes someone outside your circle to actually teach you that. Once you have your list, Then you decide, do you go looking for that person or do you get them to come to you? I find that writing an ad describing exactly what skills I want and having them apply for that role narrows it down and I get more of a qualified person in that area. We will cover job submission in another episode so you can skip ahead and look for that one. But let's start with you looking for them. So what are your options? Where do you find your new staff? So. You could go to an agency. Now, there's several kinds of agencies out there. There's one that offers the matchmaking role. A matchmaking service, you pay a one-off fee and they interview you, have a good chat with you, and then they advertise and find potential candidates. They interview on your behalf and then they may submit you a shortlist. Then you interview them and then pick which one you'd like and off you go. So the pros of this is easy process. The agency does all the messing around. The references are checked. But the cons are it can be pricey. Finders fees can be between four and six hundred US dollars. And what if they don't work out or they may not be trained in your field of interest? Then you can go to an agency where you work with the agency and they will either allocate one person to you or your work is completed by any one of the team. They're employed by the agency. The agency has a contract with you. The agency trains your staff. They worry about all the small details. They might have their own processes. They check on the people and they guarantee there's somebody at their desk whenever you need them. But the downside is they are dearer than others, but the agency guarantees the work and the project manager just reports back to you. So this is where, okay, high cost, but very high value. And then there are sort of internet job boards like Upwork or Fiverr. 
you advertise and they apply for a job, or you can actually peruse people's resumes in that field of work. Now, the good side is cheaper rates. You have a lot of people to choose from, but you have to do all the work. You have to do the background checks. You have to do the interviews. You have to get them to understand you. You set up your processes. So that can take time. Then there's those unmanaged job boards, which are cheaper still. They advertise or you advertise. You can go through and select. And all it is is they provide an online resume and they tick the tasks they want to do. You check out the skill set. Now, this one, this is not one I recommend for someone who has not employed outsourced staff previously. You don't know when there is something wrong. You can't do any checks or interviews. You're taking it at face value and it will be the cheapest there is but sometimes it's certainly not worth a disruption to your company. The uh, one that is always very good is word of mouth because you know someone and it's usually by referral only that they get passed around and they're trusted, you know their skill set and they shouldn't be too much to employ. So whatever place you choose to look for someone, make sure you read the fine print if it's an agency. Understand what your fallback is. Are they liable for any work completed or uncompleted? Any guarantee of the work? What's their confidentiality clause? There's quite a few things in there. So, sounds huge. But let's flip this around. What about them looking for you? Don't you want to be the boss that they all want to work for? Wouldn't you like the best suited candidates applying for your job, banging on your door? I won't say many applications because that's not what you want. You want a selection of maybe 10 applicants, shortlist five, and then interview three. You want someone, a potential candidate, reading your ad and saying, that's it, I really, really want to work for this company. It's exactly where I know I could feel, I guess, loved, needed, and that they have the ability for their performance. So to start off, head over to our website and download the checklist in order to build your job description for your new virtual team member. And next episode, we will cover writing a job description and reference checking. So I thank you very much for your attendance here today on the ins and outs of outsourcing. And I look forward to seeing you in the Facebook group or online. Bye. Head over to our website, insandoutsofoutsourcing.com to check out all the resources available for you and your team. Connect with us on Facebook and ask your questions in the group. We look forward to you joining us next time on the Ins and Outs of Outsourcing.